Yeah, talking about liquidiv.com, promo code Nooners at checkouts. You see us drinking it on the show every single day. Where would we be, Japes, without Liquid IV in our lives? Dehydrated, we'd have headaches, we'd be tired, yeah. exhausted. Yep. Not be able to get through the day, get through work. We'd be sick all the time. I'd be hungover. <laughs> Every single day. Love the liquid IV. Liquid IV hydrates you with benefits like electrolytes, essential vitamins, and clinically tested nutrients with three times the electrolytes of the leading sports drinks out there, plus eight vitamins and nutrients in a single stick. It's clear why Liquid IV is the number one powdered hydration brand in America. It's just a little tiny stick full of powder. Pop it in 16 ounces of water. You're good to go. What's your reckon, Jabes? Double or triple hydrated? I would say double. I'd say triple. What? Nay. I'll say triple today. Huge fan of Liquid IV. Turn your ordinary water into extraordinary hydration. With Liquid IV, get 20% off your first order of Liquid IV when you go to liquidiv.com and use the code Nooners at checkout. That's 20% off your first order when you shop better hydration today using promo code Nooners at liquidiv.com. Yeah! Talking about expressvpn.com slash Nooners. Love ExpressVPN. You've got to have a VPN in today's world or you're not living your life right, brother. People are going to start stealing your passwords, all your bank info, everything. And I know most of you are probably thinking, uh, why don't you just use incognito mode? Let me tell you something. Incognito mode doesn't hide your activity. Doesn't matter what mode you use or how many times you clear your browsing history, your internet service provider can see every single website you've ever visited. That's why when I'm at home, I never go online without using Express VPN. Huge fan. I've had it for years. ExpressVPN is an app that reroutes your internet connection through their secure servers so your ISP can't see the sites you visit. ExpressVPN also keeps all of your information secure by encrypting 100% of your data with the most powerful encryption available. Most of the time, I don't even realize I have ExpressVPN on. It runs seamlessly in the background uh, of all my computers and my laptops and my phones, and it's super easy to use. All you have to do is tap one button, and you're protected. ExpressVPN is available on all your devices, like I was saying, phones, computers, uh, even your smart TV. So there's no excuse for you not to be using it right now. Protect your online activity today with the VPN rated number one by CNET and Mashable. Visit my exclusive link, expressvpn.com slash nooners, and you can get an extra three months free on a one-year package. That's expressvpn.com slash nooners. Expressvpn.com slash nooners. Head there to learn more. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Ross Patterson Revolution! Brought to you by BlackRifleCoffee.com Yes, 
Whoa. <laughs> did you do did, did you just start the show like that? You, you just started a show like that? Like a live show like that. I'm, I'm leaving that, by the way. I'm not. No. I, yeah, I'm not taking that out. We're, we're starting with that, Jabes. I want the world to know your beautiful voice. <laughs> it's like Step Brothers. Remember yeah. when he yep. like, I'm going to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> you have the voice. Of an angel. Yeah. So we're leaving that. Well, welcome to Ross Patterson Revolution. Uh, we might as well call it Jesse's Revolution today. Mm. That was angelic, Jabes. Oh, yeah. Really, really gave it your all on Oh, that. yeah. I saw your face and you were just like, oh, you were in awe. Yeah. You were just like amazed. Goosebumps I saw on you. Goose chilies. I had those. Uh, chicken skin, a lot of people call it. It was also Mariah Carey's 47th birthday yesterday. And I'm going to be honest. If you played that clip against anything, anything that Mariah Carey ever did, you destroy her. You destroy her. And that's how I feel every day. And that's the way, you know, that I go through life and, and that I've gotten as far as I, I have because I have this weird sense that I'm awesome, even though. Even though. We all know. Well. <laughs> we all know that I'm subpar. But. That I'm cool. I'm cool. I'm cool enough. Thinking back on it now, um, to the Cribs episode of Mariah Carey on MTV Cribs, it should have been you in high heels mm-hmm. on a Stairmaster mm-hmm. in a bathtub. Yeah. And that, that should have been your life, I think. Yeah. Where did it all go wrong for you? Where do you think that, that your singing career really, really um, got derailed? At what point in your life? It was when I was put in the chorus in Camelot. <laughs> Instead of, do you know what I mean? I just kept being put in the fucking corner. And you know, confidence wise, that really messes you up. Yeah, it really shakes your cage. You you need a little break early on. Really, really shakes that old bird cage. Uh huh. Uh -huh. I I understand. You know what I mean? You need that, like, (laughs) someone to be like, you're amazing, like, when you're younger, even though you're not. Did you, did you, uh, did you have any resentment towards whoever got the, like, the lead vocals in, in those plays? Yes. Yes. And for the people that were... What's her name? Do you remember it? Well, I remember... No, I don't. But I remember the person that cast... Like, it's more the casting. So, like, mm-hmm. I'm not so much mad at that person. I'm mad at, like... The casting director. Yeah. Or the... The, the teacher. <laughs> listen. The teacher. In Ohio, there's... It's not a casting director. It was, like, someone who volunteered to, like, do their first directing gig on a you know a play in the park you know yeah have i ever told you the story about me and drama in high school and all that stuff now you probably have i don't think i i don't think i have told the audience i don't know if you've told the audience yeah I'll, i'll tell you this so the reason why i got into acting and all of that other shit was uh as a boy i mean i was already i was already doing stand-up at like 15 or 16 years old i was 16 um i was already doing stand-up for probably about a year and a half and i ran for class president Mm -hmm. um for my senior class you had to turn in a speech um i turned in a fake speech right because i knew they wouldn't let me do the real speech if if i did and at that point i was already doing impressions in my act and all that other shit so I did, I, th- I want to say about 15 impressions in this speech to run for president in front of the school. Okay. Brought down the house. Sure. 
one of the, I mean, I did. A lot different than my story. No, 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 it's not actually. And I'll tell you why. So, uh, and I'm going to get to this, but in this, when I was doing it, you want to, you want to talk about how different the times are now. I, you know, one of the impressions I did was Martin Luther King. Oh, wow. Yeah. And it crushed. It's one of your mom's favorites. It, it was every, it, it, to, to be honest at the time. She's brought it up before. Yeah. To be honest at the time, it was everybody's favorite because no, no white kid could ever do a Martin Luther. Like, that's just not a, that's not a thing. Right. A Martin Luther King impression. And I could do it dead on. Um, it has been a long time since I've done that. But uh, uh, that being said, I had won uh, uh, an open mic competition at an all black nightclub closing with Martin Luther King. Mm-hmm. And um, so I, I felt really great about it. And I didn't think anybody was going to be offended. And it turns out they weren't. What they were offended by was I did the vice principal. And it was this, this woman named uh, Dr. Ronnie Spilton. Mm-hmm. And I did her voice in that. And uh, afterwards, like I got called to the principal's office and they were like, look, we're going to suspend you for, I think it was like two weeks or something like that. Um, but she was like, Ross, I think, I think you're very talented, Ross. I think you're very talented. Nobody knows this about me, but I was an acting coach in New York oh, wow. for many years before I came down here, Ross. And um, I'm going to give you a choice. I'm going to either suspend you for two weeks or you, you have to take drama. I oh, think, this is like a movie. I think you have to take drama. <laughs> this is what they do to kids in the movies. Totally. So, I, and I, I thought I was living this. You have potential. Yeah, I think you have this great potential. You're very talented, Ross. Um, so, I, 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 it came down to my mom ultimately and me, and they were like, "You're taking drama," and I was like, "Fuck this." I got to drama. It was all hot girls, and it was a comedy play they, they were doing at the time, mm-hmm. and I auditioned, and 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 I got the lead. And I, I crushed in this, right? Mm. And I got to, I did improv and, and some other things. And when it came for the next play to come up, um, I didn't get cast at all. Nothing. I didn't get like, not, not one like the tiny role, nothing. Uh-huh. And I was like, hey, man, I talked to the, the teacher. I was like, hey, man, what's the fucking deal here, bro? Like, I, <laughs> just, I just killed in this. Mm-hmm. And he was just like, oh, you know, I think we're going to give it to somebody else or. You know, uh, you're too showy or whatever the fuck it was. Right. But I, like, I remember this motherfucker and I'm with you. I remember who it was. Yeah. And he treated it like a casting, uh-huh. treated himself like a casting director. I was angry about it. And to this day, I still remember that motherfucker. And when I got, he doted on this one kid, like to the nth of the world and mm-hmm. thought he was the next coming of Jesus mm-hmm. as an actor. And when I got the new guy. When the poster came out and I was on the poster and movie theaters and all that shit, I signed a copy for him and fucking sent it to him at the school. I've never been able to get that revenge, but kind of the same thing. And the way that I ended up dealing with it, I guess, or thinking about it was that she was jealous because she never made it. So she was one of those drama teachers that like... So this is different than Camelot. Camelot was a fun play that I did like in the park in Ojai. But then I was in drama in high school. And the teacher was this lady that just seethed with like, I didn't make it. Uh, And I'm pissed that I'm here. Right. Basically. So I just chalked it up to like, she's jealous. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Which is something that women say to like make themselves feel better about things that happen to them. Oh, she's just jealous because you're amazing. Yeah. You're amazing. That's why. Um, I didn't get the part, um, Daryl Hannah's part in Steel Magnolias. 
Okay. So the nerdy part, the sure. quiet one, that was me. I mean, how well could I do that part? Oh, yeah. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like, that was made for me. I wasn't the, like, boisterous, like, you know, southern ladies, but I was, like, the we- I could do the weird dorky girl, for sure. So she did not give me that. I think she gave me understudy of that. Ugh, I, I, right. I, I didn't even get understudy. So he- here's what happened to me was I was, it, it really was like a movie of the football player is now in drama. Sure. Um, it was all hot girls and it was awesome. And I, and I, I had fun. Like I really did. That's where oh, I, yeah, it's fun. I, I came to, to love acting and all that stuff. And it's look that, that, that moment in that woman, Dr. Ronnie Spielman probably changed my life. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as everything was concerned with how I was going to proceed going forward. I knew I was going to do stand up, keep going to do stand up, but I didn't know that I was going to, to, to do act like to, to be an actor. Uh, uh, and when I didn't, oh man, what, what I didn't get from this guy was that, that bitterness of, he, he, he wasn't one of those people who, who didn't make it. Mm. Um, but he took this job as casting director very Way seriously. Too serious. He had his favorites and all of that shit. And the thing that bothered me about it the most was, was two things, um, I had changed by me going into drama completely changed. I, I was not to be a fucking bragger, a little asshole, but I was pretty, you po- would never, I was pretty yeah, popular in you high would school. Never. Um, I, I changed the makeup of that whole class after that, because then it, after everybody came and saw the play that I was in, cause it was a, a like a boisterous comedy. Mm-hmm. Um, it brought all the cool kids to come see the play they saw me in it with hot girls. I got sure. to kiss a girl on stage and then be funny mm-hmm. and everybody was dying laughing and all this stuff. It changed the makeup of drama going forward. So then all the cool kids then wanted to be in drama. So right. they got more options. The The program itself got bigger. They built a fucking theater inside of our high school, like just a drama theater. And... Um, that I didn't get to be on the stage for the like the the play senior year and all that shit, um, but we had this. He he even set up like this fake like Oscars thing, which was crazy for high school students. Wow. But I dug it. Sure. Um, but it was voted on by the school, so whoever went to see those plays, you you vote on who you, who you thought the best actor was, um, and then they had an award ceremony. I didn't even have my mom, my parents. I got nominated. I didn't have my parents come because I thought for sure, since they this guy didn't put me in the fucking next play, mm-hmm. that I wasn't going to win and maybe he would rig it. So I was just like, you guys can stay home tonight. Like, there's no need for you to come to this. Mm-hmm. Um, and I got there and I fucking won. Wow. So I got up on stage and made this like crazy speech, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, and I got the award and I was just like, yeah, you know, I was like, it's funny winning Best Actor because... Uh, um, you know, I, I probably could have been best actor in the next play had I been cast. Did you say that? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Because um, it was at, the, at this time, this is the end of my senior year. Right. And I'm I'm out of there. Like I had already gotten accepted to 90 colleges and all that other bullshit. And I was just mm-hmm. like, fuck the world, essentially. Right. Um, but my ultimate revenge was not only that <clears throat> moment and then subsequently what happened with the rest of my career. But in this new auditorium that they had built Again, I'm not saying I built it, but I probably fucking did because of the interest in drama after this at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, they picked the like the top 10 influential people 
senior year to give a speech on the last day of school. And I got voted to give the final speech to the seniors, you know, my whole class, senior year, on that fucking stage. So it was a championship move, you know, walked off, fist in the air. Um, yeah, again, so different, definitely different than my story. It's it's not because uh, it is. We, we we still didn't get cast in the same shit. Sure. We still held resentment. Yeah. Uh, we still hated the teacher. I didn't, so I didn't blame the kid because I'm with you. I didn't blame the kid who got the role that I got. I blame the fucking teacher. Unless for that. he did something for the role. So was this guy pedo in any oh, way? I don't know. Okay, can't answer that question. Okay, um, there's a couple things about that story that, um, I mean, you're a only child, right? Uh, I, 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 as far as I know. Yeah, you're an only child. <laughs> no, I have a stepbrother and, and stepsister. Out. Right, right, right. But, you know, not the same. Yeah. Oh, thanks. thanks. <laughs> no. Thanks, because um, it's how you talk about yourself, obviously, right? No. Only child. No. But you're st- the, I, it's I, the I, length of your stories as well. So you were never in a family. So when you have siblings, this is I'm just shouting this out to everyone that has siblings. Sure. You need to get your... Get the point out, get it really quick, or else you're getting cut off, beat up, what, whatever. Like, in you were clearly in a family that, like, listened to you. No. Come I, on. No, well, here's there the was no one there to be like, all right, Ross, wrap it up. Like, no. some sibling to be like, mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. I, I, did sta- I think it's stand-up, because I did stand-up so young that you get used to... An audience all of the time. And I was doing it a lot. So, mm. like, you know, I was going up three, four times a, a week. This is when you were 16. Yes. So, so you're I starting. Think this happens before that. You're yeah. starting at a young age of great. Everybody wants to hear what I say. I'm fucking right. hilarious. Right. And, and then, you know, the first couple times, the very first time I did stand up, I bombed um, horribly. Like, right. threw up in the parking lot, fucking mom's spaghetti. It was Eminem story bombed. Um, second time bombing for like a good five minutes of a 10 minute set. And then somebody started heckling me mm-hmm. and I fucking destroyed this guy in front of everyone. Whatever that did opened up the world to me. And then after that, I, I crushed just about every time I went up. Um, some nights were weird because there wasn't a lot of people there. But I, there was always an audience of people who were like, you're fucking hilarious all the time. Um, and you like my sets were killing. I think that's probably where it stems from, to be honest okay. with you. Uh, my parents, it's just a thing that like um, it's a trait of like only children. And it's, it's very specific because no one they didn't have to fight for like the attention of, you know, telling the story or you know what I mean? It's a very specific thing of like your mom and dad. Like you were the one like listen to what you have to say. Do you know what I mean? Um, yeah. And then thankfully you did. Well, yeah. Thankfully you did have, you know, when you were in stand up, you bombed. What, uh, my, my, my very first night. Yeah. Yeah. I bombed. I bombed. Right? It was terrible. Right. It was terrible. Um, but I don't I don't go back to that only child thing. I really don't. My 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 stepdad worked a lot. Uh and I, I don't know. Like, I couldn't really, like, yeah. So, like, I would have to, if I started telling a story, my brothers would be like, shut up, essentially. 
Sure. So like I would, if I was saying something or whatever, it would basically be like, okay, like you have people heckling you in your life. Right. Like since you were younger and like just making you feel like you got it. You just, you have to wrap it like, up. Like less than. Yeah. Well, you just yeah. have to like share, you have to share the defense, the attention. You have to divide everything up. Like mom has only enough attention to listen to you for like this much time. And then she's got to move on to the next and the next and the next. We had three. Yeah. So, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not saying one's better. Like, because I can't even tell a story. Do you know what I mean? Because I just feel like someone's there to like cut me off and be like, move on, move on. All right, shut up. You're dumb. You know what I mean? I, so I, I don't. Yeah. So I'm not good at like the building of like the story, whereas you are because you've had the like the floor, essentially. But I felt. Because I, I don't I don't want to pin this on the only child thing. I, I, I really even as a kid, like I've been this fast since I was a very small child. Like I remember specifically the moment in fourth grade where I somebody was making fun of me at a, at a, at a long lunch table. You know, there's long lunch tables. Oh, yeah. 12, 14 kids at it. Um, I remember just obliterating this dude. In this same manner that I'm literally talking today. Right. And uh I don't know. From then, it felt like I always had an audience. So I was, I was just great. At it. I feel like I was just great at it. So you just always had, the, you know, feel, an audience. Yeah, yeah. You've always had, um, a, a sh- again, the floor. You've had the floor. You haven't had anyone, you know, try and take that from you. So when you were in fourth grade, you were able to be like, listen, motherfucker. Yeah. And I, I like I, you know? I remember swearing like that, too, in, in fourth grade. Oh, no. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, so you were the exact same person. <laughs> I, I tell people this all the time. I don't think anything has changed since probably fourth grade. Okay. I had an awkward year that threw me off my game in seventh mm-hmm. grade um, where we moved to Florida, super hot. Uh, I, I didn't go outside and have a lot of activity. A little chunky. Mm-hmm. Braces. Mm-hmm. It, was a, it was a rough it was a rough, sure. rough go of it for about a well, year. Thank God year and you a half. at least had that. Can you imagine? Yeah, what but if I, you didn't. I remember thinking to myself, even then, I was just like, "All right, I gotta, I gotta figure out a way out of this because this life sucks, and uh, I've got to pull myself up by the bootstraps here." Didn't know that I was gonna grow nine inches and all of that shit would change in about a year, but uh, you know, year and a half or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, there was that. So, and I remember that moment. I was like, man, I don't ever want to be awkward or whatever again. I was still f- hilarious and I was able to get out of my situations um, that, that were going on at the time um, to overcome it. But uh, yeah, a little bit about me, my life. Wow. We you're really, welcome. really got deep. I, don't know, I didn't know we were going to do it. It's any okay of that you're an only child, though. Like, it's okay. It's just there. You know what I mean? I, you always try and be like, no, 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 that's not it. But like, it's okay. There's a lot of only child. Because I, I hate that stigma of of that. Oh, only child. It, it's it, not it, a it bad do, it thing. It doesn't apply. To, it's not a bad thing. It doesn't apply to that stigma. It doesn't apply to everyone where, again, man, I, like this a same person since fourth grade. And, and like looking back on it, it was like, fuck. I man. think you're maybe one of the ones that like you could have a five siblings or none you'd still be the same probably that there's very few but there are a couple like that and like moms talk about it where they're like they could just be rad we don't know but let's give them a little (laughs) a little chance 
You know what I mean? Yeah. Because it's very rare to have like a super cool like only child. I guess. Sorry. I guess. I guess so. Um, but it happens, man. It definitely happens. Yeah. You just gotta. Yeah. Maybe you. You know, your parents worked and like you know that probably helped. And there's there's things that can that can definitely help you. Yeah. In yeah. that way. Yeah. Were they? I don't see them being like the super doting helicopter parents over you. Like, oh, Ross, you're every, you know, they had their own, sh- they had their shit. They yeah, had to the work. They had, on, you know, yeah. so, yeah. you know. And work, and, and work till late. Like, yeah. you know, they, they would work till, like, my stepdad, we would work till like seven. Right. So um, you were. And then on the flip side, when I went with my, you know, my parents got divorced when I was two. Uh, my dad had custody of me in the summers. So even when I was with him, he was, uh, Fuck it. growing up he was a radio dj he was a anchorman on on tv um but there was always a block of time where i like it, he worked like that you know shit um so i was by myself i guess i don't know <laughs> nobody was really doting on me then it was just right, kind of me right okay La- okay, okay. Latch, latchkey kid in the summer sure, um so i had to make up my, my own entertainments now we're getting into it i had to make up my own entertainments so. <laughs> <laughs> all right so this episode will be diving deep yeah into ross's childhood in, 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 into my my childhood <laughs> it, but it look my childhood was fun like all of it was fun and For normal sure. and all of that it was shit. normal like that that's that's normal like to me that's normal like the way things are now is not normal but we can get for, into it or not for for what Sh- just the kids? way yeah kids today the way that like that would be now considered like so neglect but it's like i i you know i don't like the like completely doting on and making your children everything everything do you know right, what i mean right so to me that was normal yeah, back you- in the day parents parents worked you got a certain amount of time I had to share attention like it wasn't big doting. They weren't helicopter over me while I'm playing at the playground. I, you know, you bust your lip, you get hurt, you, you figure your life out. Right. Do you know what I mean? Right. Um, even so, even now when you see like parents, the way parents and kids interact, it's just like, oh no, we're just raising like these. Everything's different. Everything's different. So to me that, that doesn't sound bad. That sounds normal. Like that sounds like that's okay. You're yeah, okay. Yeah. Like you, you know that your parents had a life that they were, you know, they had to work to take care of you. And that was just, they fed you like back in the day. That's what it was. We were fed. Yeah. And I, I wonder how, I don't know. I wonder how kids are going to turn out and all that shit. Like I, we, we, I would talked about this on Dringer Bros podcast yesterday, a, a, a tiny bit. Um, but like I see that, that David Hogg kid the Parkland shooting. Yes, 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 yes. Um, who, you know, was at that rally on Saturday and, you know, all the kids are dressed like kids there and he's in like a Versace suit and uh, like yesterday, uh, last night he was bitching about he had not gotten accepted into college. He had gotten rejected from, from four colleges that he wanted to go to, U- UCLA, um, Cal, mm-hmm. like, uh, you know, and some other ones and uh and he was just like that's fine i'm changing the world so it doesn't really matter that i didn't get into these schools and i was just like hearing this kid talk and and again like i feel i feel bad for what obviously happened there and all of that shit but like i i hope that those aren't the kids that are going to be 
you're not in the minority. I mean, as far as like listening to a lot of like podcasts and a lot of people like that aren't in mainstream, like it's a really popular opinion to be like, those kids don't know what they're talking about. It's really uncomfortable to see this. It, but is it is that what kids are now? Is that how they're going yes, they're to be very, raised? Yeah, they're very entitled. Um, They're given like these they're given a voice very young. Whereas we weren't, and I forget which podcast was talking about this, but it's like they're given this like they ex- they're able to express themselves very young, you know, and just uh, and and God. be who you are, and that's um I don't know if it's just it's obviously not just California, but that's that's what I saw in you know in California, but it's just entitled, you know, they've got they've just have so much support and so much confidence. Because their parents have just been there. That's what I mean. You're not worried about falling off the fucking slide because your mom is, okay, okay, honey. Yeah. Come on. You know, that that's a very basic way to look at it. But like in everything that you do, don't, don't no, be, no, be careful. Okay, come here. No, I want. And it's like you have this safety net from very young. Yeah. And like I, the other part about it is, is like, like we had bullies growing up. Did you have a bully? In your school or bullies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. For sure. I, when you're going through it, you know, coming up, you look at it and you're like, fuck, that's terrible. Um, but you look back on it and you're like, fuck, y- y- I think you need those bullies in school. I wasn't a bully. Right. Um, but, I, but there was bullies. And I remember kids knocking, like this one kid knocked out the bully. And right. uh, I, I, looking back on it, it's like we all hated this one guy, this mm-hmm. bully. Um, you know, together we collectively talked about him. Somebody went up and knocked him out as a kid, and because right. uh, he was older than us, so mm-hmm. we picked this older kid to go against him. And like, uh, I think you need that. And I don't, you know, bullying doesn't exist anymore, essentially. So right. it's like, uh, I don't. I, and there's like the really normal thing of like, my bully is fat and a and a garbage and garbage trash. Sure. And I get to see that. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. On Facebook, which I think is a really like. That's a great thing, right? Because that always happens. So if we just let these kids like be bullied and like figure it out, just know that eventually you will see them on Facebook and their life will be horrible and they'll probably be fat. Yeah, yeah. And that will be a cool thing for you. That, that's that's you know a nice I mean? pick me up. Yeah. That you won't, a lot of these kids will not feel that joy. Right, right, The right. joy of like clicking on the picture and being like, oh, yes. Yes. Right? Yeah, yeah. They won't have a lot of that stuff. Yeah. And they get to this thing of them getting to speak out like in in this way, you know, you do need to go to college, I think, to be educated on the things that big things that they're talking about policy, government, like, right, you probably should get a little bit more education behind you, but they don't have to No, because they were in the shooting. I just I just hope that that looking at that kid in particular. I just hope that that is not what kids are going to become, all kids. And uh, I don't, I don't know how you. I, I think you, you know, you prevent it by fucking doing things and uh, encouraging them to go outside and you know stuff yeah, like that. No, but. for me and the way that I mean, the way that I'm raising my kid is that like it isn't all amazing and beautiful, and mom isn't going to be there at the end of the slide every single time. Sure. Like, that's just it. Like, and if you get into a little tiff with, like, kids, like, fucking figure it out. You know what I mean? Like, um, 
not the which just happened with us but like the conversation where the other mom needed to know what what happened what did he do that made you hit him and this is the kid that hit was this today it was a couple of days ago, but this okay. was the kid that hit one of our friends, right? And right. the conversation that this fucking mom had with their kid was a conversation with a four-year-old. What? It, so what happened? Like, what What did he do to make you want to hit him? No, no, no. Yeah. That's a big fucking no way. Get the <laughs> fuck out of here. Spank his ass and put him in the fucking car. Like, that's just how I'm doing it personally. Sure. We're not having any conversations about justifying four-year-olds negative behavior right right so what was it wow what what did he do now what kind of talk can we now have and i was just like nope nope not gonna do it and we've already seen the the first crop they're millennials yeah that's the first crop of that kind of happening where like it's very much like if you're not making your kids everything you're a bad mom or a bad dad you're right. neglecting them. If you have to work and you pick them up from daycare, you're. Fu- I mean, you get the looks, you get the judging. That's just it. <laughs> now, yeah. So we've already seen that first crop of millennials, very entitled, not hardworking. No, you know no. everything's on their terms. Yep. Um. So I, it, I think it's it's only going to get worse because they're going to raise their kids. And I've seen that on set where. Uh, I actually did somebody's podcast last night. I did an interview last night. Oh, okay. And um, uh, we were talking. The, the the guy was um a veteran, and uh, he was asking me about veterans in Hollywood and why I enjoyed working with them so much on Range Fifteen, like um, as far as like crew and things like that yeah. go. I, because I have dealt with those entitled that crop that's already just came out like of college. They're pretty young, but yeah. Um, and they don't want to fucking work. They don't want to do shit. They're late. Mm-hmm. They don't give a fuck. I told you that I told you the story off air with, with the, the, the receptionist yes. I, I hired from my office. Yes. Um, this was, you know, five, what, five years ago, six years ago. Her mom called. She wanted to raise and, and her mom. We, we said no. Mm-hmm. She had just worked there for two months. Two months as a receptionist. <laughs> and she wanted to raise. We said no. And her mom called. Sure. And I couldn't believe that that was a real conversation. Normal life. Then we had to walk around HR and try to figure out what was the proper way to fire this person because. Do you call their mom? Yes. And let them know. I know. know. (laughs) What's the the way? How do you you coddle these things? But then. And this this kid kid that I was talking to last night was like 23, but he had already been in the military for five years and um, was, was, you know on the process of, of getting out and had to do reserves for, I think six more years or, or whatever it was, he said. Mm-hmm. And, um, uh, with that, he'd had so much life exposure at that point mm-hmm. that he's in, you know, he went back to college and he's just like, man, I don't fucking relate with any of these dipshits because they don't have to work hard. They don't have to do shit. Yes. And that's why I would much rather hire veterans and people like that. It was like, Hey, you've seen the world. You're tough. You've seen shit and done shit. Mm-hmm. Um, I would hire you in a million like yeah. seconds faster than that. I mean, yeah. Just... Or just anyone that's had to like have a job to work for certain things, right? Yeah. Um, I yeah. think with the millennials, which, you know, that's why they're really valuable in like tech and things like that is because like they weren't made to work. They had to do really well in academics. So it's like, what is better? 
Um, I'm not sure. So they're, they're valuable for certain jobs, but as far as work ethic, no. Even these fucking tech jobs though, are just kind of bullshit. Like it's just, definitely, it's just fucking people sitting around. Like I've interned at some of these places just to do it. And, uh, they have nap rooms. Yeah. And it's, it's one of these things where it's just like you sit there and listen to them. Uh, or, or talk to them. They schedule meetings, but there's nothing really going on. Mm-mm. You're not really talking about everything. There's a bunch of like buzzwords that everybody uses, and you're like, "Hey, what the fuck is going on?" Right. Just trying to understand that world better, and um, like that's not even fucking cool. I, so I don't, I don't know. And you watch like Silicon Valley. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, all right, great. Like the coders and shit are doing hard work. The rest of the people, what the fuck are you actually doing? What are you doing? Well, the, and that's a good look at like people because they're, you know, they're these scrappy dudes. They don't have money. They're just good at, you know, coding and stuff like that. So they, you know, they're trying to get into this tech world where, yeah, they go to Google and it's like they have nap rooms and they have like free snacks and yeah. And they're, you know, in this shitty house somewhere just trying to do the work. And so they're not really like relating with that world either. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. The main characters of Silicon Valley, I'm saying. So, you know, if you're trying to do it from really nothing, it's super hard. If you have mommy's money, like the the baghead, baghead guy um, who just has always been rich, right? So he's just like, and he like falls into all these like amazing deals and he's just like drinking a big gulp and like not doing anything. Um, I think that's more common than than the other yeah, but start look starting an app company is is really fucking hard really fucking hard um and uh the success rate isn't Mm-mm. isn't what you think you see uh you know uber or shit like that and you're like oh man this is it, it, dude it's hard and it takes a lot of time um speaking of which well, fuck we I, I don't we just started rambling we, we even got to sponsors yet first up jabes we got black rifle Mm-mm, good. Is that their slogan? Uh, no. No? No. Mm-mm, good. No? No? No, I don't think that's it. Finger licking good. That's it. That's it. That's oh, it. Yeah, okay, yeah, okay, yeah. okay, okay, Finger okay. Finger okay, licking okay, okay. good. Um, over a billion served. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Fun fact. <laughs> uh, Black Best Rebel. part of waking up. Yep. Sorry, go ahead. Nope, nope, still... Uh, <laughs> Still not the right one. Mm. Um, mm. Big fans of BlackRifleCoffee.com. We've uh, we've been what members for, of their club for about a year and a half now. Um, I call it more. A, it's more a cult, but a, yeah, a I've been definitely a part of the I, cult. I, I call it a gang. My, oh, my, do co- you? my coffee gang. Well, that just shows what we're both into. Wow, cults and gangs. <laughs> cults and you're gangs. more gangland. I'm more cults. Boats and hoes. Sure, prestige worldwide. (laughs) If you're looking for a prestige worldwide in your life, go to BlackRifleCoffee.com. Type in the one-time promo code of Revolution for 20% off. Them shits, if you join the coffee club of the month, gets delivered to your house on the same date every month. And uh, it is a premium roast-to-order coffee that's... They make it in their fucking warehouse, and then boom, shipped to your house like two days later. Fresh as shit. About $4 cheaper than Costco. Uh, they got bags, K-cups, and their apparel is top-notch. 
top notch. Go to blackriflecoffee.com, type in the promo code REVOLUTION for a one-time use of 20% off. Next up, we've got strikeforceenergy.com. Boom, 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 shabloinkers. Oh, I like it, James. You finally got it right today. Oh, wow. Yeah, shabloinkers. Wow. You finally got that shabloinkers right today. That was a fun compliment. Ah. That was a fun backhand. I am dishing them out today. Like soup at a homeless kitchen, just dishing out compliments. Um, that's weird. Yeah. It's been a weird show. Um. <laughs> Spooning out, ladling out um, compliments. Ladling out compliments, too. <laughs> just uh, scooping them out and dropping them off to you. Yeah. Oh, is your belly full? Splant. <laughs> Splant. Is your belly full of compliments? It oh, should be. Well, open up. Um, Strike Force Energy is the premier energy drink in the biz these days. You can kick the can, kids. You don't need Monster Kickstart Red Bull, any of that bullshit. Um, throw it out the window. Uh, I, I think Strikeforce is going to pay for the pollution fines. So if you get caught polluting on a major highway, it's usually about a $250 fine. If it's an energy can, I think Strikeforce is going to pay for yeah, it. Yeah, I think that's what they said. I think, um, think they're going to pay for it. So. Yeah, and you can quote us on that. Oh, you yeah. You can also um, contact them. Yeah. And uh, you just send them the ticket. Go to their Instagram and let them know that I am now saying this mm-hmm. um, live mm-hmm. on air. That as long as you have a copy of the ticket, and look, this is them. Yeah, okay? this is them, not us. Not, we not, would never. We have nothing to do with um, that. But they're better people than we are. Yeah. Great guys humans. over there. Big fans. Great guys. Uh, it's look. It's a tasty, tiny little tin pouch. You rip, you rip it open and squeeze it into every liquid you can imagine, uh, including urine. Urine. Oh, okay. Urine. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah. Um, like like you remember that movie Alive, where those people got trapped in the mountains and they had to eat each other and drink their own piss. Sure. Imagine if they had Strike Force to to heighten up that piss. Would it would it taste terrible? Would it taste like piss, probably not. Yeah, would they have waited longer, maybe? What I'm eat, saying is this. Them? Yeah, if, if you're in a plane crash, carry some strike force with you because you don't know if you're going to have to drink your own urine and also stay alive. Again, this is them saying Not it. us. Not us. <laughs> we say what they tell us to say. Yeah. And number one was send me all your litter tickets. Yep. Uh, um, number two was... Number two was... Mix it with your own piss. Yep. During a life or death situation when yep. you have to drink your own urine. Don't kill the messenger, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Don't. Uh... We're just we're just saying what they told us to say. We're just we're just shepherds <laughs> trying to move trying to move the sheep. Um, go to strikeforceenergy.com. Type in the promo code Revolution for twenty percent off always. And uh, they also have a subscription to the Mod Club, which is delightful. Which is really delightful. And it's also, it's a legacy subscription. So if you did die in a plane crash, that subscription's going to your family for the rest of their lives. Yep. At no further cost. No further cost. Again, don't kill the messenger. Um, this is their, from their lips. Um, their lips. If, yeah. If any, of your fa- if, you, if any of your family members have a subscription and they die, free of charge, it's going to be passed on to next of kin yeah. for the rest <laughs> of their lives. <laughs> Um, again, free of charge. And that's just great guys over there, right? Yep. Great guys yep. over there. Yep. Oh, to yep. do all of that. Do you know any other sponsor that would give their children a legacy? I don't either. A legacy subscription. Um, pay parking, you know, pay uh, littering fines all over the place. Oof. Real good stuff. You know. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> 
Big fan. Um, Strike Force Energy. Next up, we got uh, straightrazors.com. Ooh. Oh, that was a that was a cut. You got a little blood on that one. Yeah, you got a lot of blood on that one. Yep. There, there you go. Is. That That's was a clean, clean cut. Clean shave. Mm-hmm. Clean mm-hmm. shave. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I like how your mind immediately goes to cutting people with a straight razor, whereas mine goes to shave. No, no, I'm just saying that sound effect that I made. Oh, oh, I see, I see, I see. Do people, yeah, 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 like, yeah, yeah, in all those murder things you listen to, do they, is it a lot is of Is there ever been razors? a straight razor? No. Kill. Huh. mm I know. Well, look, if you're looking oh. for a new way to kill someone out there, go to straightrazors.com. And um, again, that's that's from them. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you guys, you have to know that, like, you know, we talk to them. They tell us, you know, what they they want would us to say. Want us to say we use the product, obviously, and love it. Yeah. And we have our own take on it, but there's a couple key points that they like us to bullet points, if you will. Bullet points, and one of them for is, straight razor is is murder and mm, shaving. Yep. So they say we're the number one. If you could say we're the number one murdering and shaving weapon weapon in the biz, mm-hmm. um, let mm-hmm. let them please let the the world know that duly noted. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. We we have we have uh, definitely said that to the audience. Mm-hmm. And um, look, if if that that body's gonna stink after a while, uh-huh. so what I would recommend is getting the whole shaving kit from StraightRazors.com, spraying a little bit of that smolder cologne on the body. Um, mm-hmm. And the house, the rest of the house, because your house is going to stink after a good murder. Right. Um, yeah. And uh, maybe just dumping. Even if you dispose of the body. Yeah. Just maybe dumping some aftershave on it, too. Oh, boy. Some smolder aftershave on that body. That's fucking gross. Well. <laughs> yeah. Hey, don't kill the messenger. Kill the Kill the, kill the, the, the person. Neighbor. Kill the person. Nope. And. Yep. Yep. You know, yep. I got yep. it all. I think I got it all. Go to straightrazors.com. Get yourself a kit. Finest, finest kits I've ever seen in my entire life. Mm-hmm. Straightrazors.com. Use the promo code REVOLUTION for 20% off. Uh, next up, we got the Caillou app. Uh, that's K-A-Y-U. Look, with Facebook going down in flames. Um, Mark Dumpster fire. Dumpster fire. Uh, wow. He, he, by the way, speaking of this, and this, this is relates to Caillou, you know who fucking wrote a lengthy goddamn I'm deleting Facebook? post up uh huh. today huh. will ferrell really yeah he and i was like i looked it up he's 10 million followers on facebook and he's deleting his facebook so he wrote this bless you he wrote this diatribe on there that just said um facebook has been really good to me over the years and sharing and helping me you know with the yeah. community. but he goes i'm not cool with what happened nor are a lot of people so i'm in 72 hours i just wanted to say goodbye 72 hours, I'm deleting my Facebook, and uh, and that's it. Wow. It was like a super serious message, and it was just like, Jesus Christ, man. It's a fucking fan page. Like, relax. It's not your personal page. Like, what the fuck do you care, bro? Right. Um, I don't know. But people are fed up with it, man. Uh, people are fed up with Facebook. So, uh, look, if you're trying other apps and shit, go to Caillou. Check, check it out. It's on your phone. It's free. No fucking strings. No strings. You can for sure try Stashed. it. Stashed. Yeah. Like, why not? Why not? It's fucking free. Who gives yeah. a fuck? Um and uh it was started by two Green Berets at Fort Bragg, which is which is fucking rad. So uh that's K A Y U, the Caillou app. Um maybe meet your next uh husband. Oh, of Ken. What? Or Ken. <laughs> find your dad. Find your dad on Caillou. <laughs> yeah. Find your dad that you've never talked to who who abandoned you. Um yeah. or you know, meet the next lady you're gonna knock up. Yep. And those are two of the bullet points that they 
they told us yeah, yeah, to yeah. say. Yep. yep. Find your next of kin. Find your next of kin. Find your Ill- illegitimate dad mm-hmm. and uh, or your next wife. So. Yep. And that's it. And that's all the app is. So <laughs> <laughs> nothing more to it. <laughs> worst we're the worst we're getting dropped i think today for by everyone (laughs) by by all of our sponsors today Um, there's days where we just do weird shows like this i'm feeling it's gonna get weird today but yeah the, the, the app world is is extremely difficult and the success rate isn't very high um, right a lot of people don't know that you see at least Silicon Valley is a good representation of like, holy shit, because that guy yes. just keeps failing over and over again. Yeah, and um, I think that's more as an common, audience member, I yeah. do want to see him succeed eventually. So it's like he won't. Let's speed this up. <laughs> he Can won't we ever. fucking speed this up? That's the beauty of it, and that I think that's part of it out there now. You just get into the app machine and you kind of move from one thing to the other because it's not like the big boom that it was, right? So you're kind of like you you just pivot and keep moving and you're just like stay in the app machine at like a certain level. Right. I guess I develop apps. I guess like so. that's what I do. Um, speaking of Silicon Valley, it's back, by the way. So excited. Yeah. So I, I haven't uh, we, we haven't watched the first episode, Mm-mm. but it just dropped like, you know, last Sunday. So I'm, I'm excited to get back on that train. The other one I'm, I, I, I want to actually watch now that the ratings came out was Roseanne weird right yeah i i said this in a podcast um when i knew this project was happening last year i was like who the fuck is gonna want to see this goddamn thing um and it was probably a year ago everyone made fun of it well here's why and i and i'll stand by this because i did say this on a show of like no fucking way is anybody gonna watch that goddamn show like a year ago so much has changed in a year with our culture and media and everything else that, and I, I look, I, I didn't, I also didn't know that she was going to be pro Trump on the app on, on the show either. Um, that so much has changed and Hollywood as well. Like, you know, you're, you're only seeing these kind of liberal shows and last man standing got axed and all of that shit. I when I saw these ratings, I was like, "Oh fuck, they did it! Like, they fucking did it." Mm-hmm. This was the one show that actually tackled the subject from a pro-Trump perspective, and it blew the fuck up because there's so many goddamn people that love him and voted for him, and it's uh, it sent shockwaves through Hollywood. M- my my next prediction now is, I think they're I think they they've already called Tim Allen once those numbers came in. And the, I think they're going to put home improvement back on the air. Yeah, I, I really, honestly, truly believe that because now I think they're looking at these numbers. The the numbers, by the way, were eighteen point two million viewers. To put that in perspective for the audience, these are the type of numbers that that hasn't been achieved since like Friends on a Thursday night back in like two thousand three. These were old school TV numbers. Before streaming, before you had Netflix, before you had a million options where you're looking at Seinfeld numbers when Seinfeld was on the air. These are fucking earth shattering ratings numbers where you're like, oh, fuck, this is this is amazing. This is going to change a lot of shit, I think. Oh, yeah. Um, And I I think Tim Allen is coming back. 
uh, I, I, that is my yeah. They'll bring well. That's what home TV improvement does, online right? one because it and they looked at the numbers. Here's what I, I found fascinating too with the new technology as far as like Nielsen goes is they looked at the numbers and they were able to 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 really delve into these numbers and tell you who was watching and where like specifically where because mm-hmm. before it was like all right great you had uh 18 million viewers but it was you know around the country or whatever right. now they're telling you cities um wow. and the, the cities what i found interesting inside the top 30 new york and la were not inside the top 30 um and and, and why do i find that fascinating you ask those are the two biggest markets there is mm-hmm. so when you're when you're going as a, a television executive and, and you're sitting down, and you're looking at this and you're like, all right, great. You have New York and LA. If we can get them, you're good. Cause it's, there's, you know, 18 million fucking people that live in, in New York and in LA or whatever. I think 12 million in New York, 18 million in, in LA or 30, whatever the fuck it is. If you can get those cities, you're good. The fact that they did get those cities and still got and still, yeah. but I think got that's exactly million. what it is, though. That's exactly what it is. So is it, that you forget about the people, real in, people in the heartlands. Yeah. So I looked at the numbers. I don't and I was, consider California and New York real people. No, <laughs> sorry. No, I don't either. Um, but but the the numbers were in the heartlands. Uh, one of the biggest cities was Cincinnati. Sure. Um, Indiana, like uh, Indianapolis, like things like that. We were. You're like, oh shit! Um, this this is real people. Crazy the- ass Roseanne. Like, how did she get both of those time periods exactly right? And that's what I was saying to you last night. Is like, when they first came out, it was like America needed that show, right? The climate, like the way it yeah, was. Yeah, it yeah, was yeah, like yeah. she came at this perfect time when perfect they needed to see time. a real American family making it work. Whatever. And once again, she has come back at the exact right time and just hit that button again. Crazy ass, almond growing, Trump loving. She Roseanne. was so far off the reservation for years that like, I, 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 well, I can't even believe they brought the show back. One. It's amazing. Two, um, the fact that she was able to hit the, the exact right time again. How the fuck does that happen? So far apart. I mean, you're, well, that's showing off the air, I think, 15 years ago. Yeah. Um, and I, I look, I was a fan of it as a kid growing up. Mm-hmm. I watched it. Um, the last two seasons, I think, were off the rails for me, where it was just like it was of any TV she show. She won the lottery and like, he died and, and all of that shit. And yeah, but everybody's but, been doing it for so long. It's like I, they, I've still never been able to figure out the mystery of why writers, a team of writers can't get a series finale right very often. Right. Um, that, that, that has always evaded me where it's just like, what? Um, and I could go down from Mad Men to Lost. Yeah, wouldn't you to be Roseanne thinking about it, Seinfeld? From I, the beginning, wouldn't you be like, "Oh man, that could be a good," you know? Like I, I, I am, and and the thing that drives me fucking crazy about it is I, I want not, and I get this email all the time, so I'll address it now. I, I everybody wants to see it. Night she cries while he rides a seed into a movie. I want to personally make it into a series, a movie series, because it's a series of TV series. Yes, a TV okay. series. Um. But but like a TV movie series where it's it's ten episodes. Oh okay. Yeah, yeah. So each each book is ten episodes. I know already that it's it's I'm I'm going to write five of these. These it's going to be a five season show. Mm-hmm. Um, I know the ending. I know the exact day of the ending of that TV series. Mm-hmm. All of it, and it's fucking awesome. Um, but I know that going in, and I haven't even written the other three books yet. I already know though yeah, in my yeah, mind yeah, yeah. how I want this to end. 
I don't understand why everyone else has such a fucking issue with it, creator-wise, on these shows. Because um, on Roseanne, they had to address it with, with the dad dying. Right. And that was a dream, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, that's what I thought I, that was kind of funny, though. That's what I read. Yeah, and it, you've got the two Beckys back and all of that shit. And, uh, it's funny. It's uh, very Roseanne. It, 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 She's it, just I, like, fuck you. I guess. It, uh, I'm coming back. And yes, Dan's going to be here. And yes, both the Beckys are going to be here. Come at me, 18 million. Yeah. (laughs) You know what I mean? Boy. That was always her thing. Like, she just not giving a fuck, not giving a shit, saying whatever she wants forever. And it has, like, been this kind of amazing thing. Yeah. You hate her, but you, like, you hate her, you love her, she's crazy, whatever. But, like, you do... I don't know. You kind of admire her in a stupid, weird way. Yeah, I, I, I do now. Because was she living in Ojai or something? Like, it, it looked like she was out up your way, just in the woods. It, fucking... is, it is that way. Again, she, was, she has an almond farm, which that's another genius thing that she did. Like, how did she know? Almonds is like the biggest industry right now. Yeah, yeah, Between yeah. Milk, milk and everything. Milk in particular. It's a cash crop. Yes. And she was doing this a long time ago. So and she's just living on this almond farm. Um, I think it's in California up north. Okay. Maybe by me, whatever. I may be wrong on that, but it's somewhere weird like that where she's just like off and very spiritual and very, you know, she got her meds kind of right. And sure. And whatever. She's she's gone up and down. But crazy. Because, again, a year ago when this was. And like announced or there was rumblings about it in Hollywood. I was like, this is a fucking bad idea. Um, I know it was just like, uh, everyone and everyone's making fun of it. And everyone's like, Oh, did you hear about Roseanne coming back? Yeah. Like, uh, they hired, look, they hired a a good group of writers and producers on it. And as it went along, I was like, "Eh, all right, so-and-so's attached. This might be all right. Um, but I still would never have said 18 million in, in a million years. But but you know again when you shit on Trump supporters for in every facet of media for so fucking long, mm-hmm. and you don't give them anything to watch, um, you know I yes th- this was bound to happen where it's like great right. put out the one thing finally everybody's got something to watch who's tired of watching the other stupid shit and uh, it's kind of like Black Panther too where it was just like. All right, great. Let's make a black superhero movie. People will come out and see it. We yeah. just we got to try it. Like, got to try it. Got to make it. And awesome. it exploded. So, uh, and then I saw this other blurb of like Roseanne supports Trump. She was on Jimmy Kimmel. Sure, defends Trump to Jimmy's face. Um, which is such a weird statement. This was right before the season premiere of right. the show, right? Right. So this like whole thing. She was doing of, the talk show circuit. And a couple articles came out and it's just like, do you mean she was just saying what she believed in? Like, what do you mean to his face? That just seems so, it's so like aggressive, right? She was defending Trump to his face, to Jimmy's face. Well. Like, how dare you? Yeah. Because he can say how he feels. Oh, he's, so, he's, so what an affront for her to come on and say something that she believes in. I can't believe it. It's like, um, they both were saying what they, do you know what I mean? Yeah. How that, is it so aggressive? And the, the fucked up thing is like Jimmy Kimmel now at like that. It's such a, all, all, all he's doing is a political show these days. Um, so I guess against Trump and, and, and all of this shit. Uh, so every night it is 
anti-Trump. Like right. he's going all in the same way Colbert is. And, um, which is weird because it's like, dude, if you look back at Jimmy Kimmel's career, remember he was doing the fucking man show, the man show, with like tits out everywhere and all this shit. Um, even the bits he was doing on his show with like yeah, Matt Damon. Those and used like to be fun. Funny he's and just fun. A fuck, he's just a fucking asshole now. Yeah. Like just a boring asshole. So I guess saying that to his face, I guess means more. But to me, it just hit me as like, oh, she was just saying her point of view. Yeah. But again, the media is going to spin that how they're going to spin it. And, and that's that's it. Um, and I think that that helped. Like uh, things like that help. Do, do you know who the, the first person to call her and congr- congratulate her on the ratings was? No. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Trump called. So Trump called her and said, hey, congratulations on the show. And it was awesome. And uh, wow, um, this is amazing. And uh, they were trying to pick it out of her today. Like, what else did he say? Right. She was pretty tight lipped. She just said uh, it was a great call. Um, and he just congratulated me on the show. And that was it. And moved on. Because uh, she's not, I will say, she's not aggressive about it. No. I know you'd think that, like, it's Roseanne, so yeah. she'd be in your face. She's not. She did a Marin, too, and you know how anti Trump Marin is. So there was already tension, but only from his side. Yeah. Like, he was, she was yeah. just like, meh, you know, she'll talk about it or not, but she's like, this is the way I feel. You don't have to feel that way. Whatever. That's I'm just it. telling you, she's not aggressive. She's not in your face. She's just very confident. She's just. Feels that way. That's the same way I, I feel about it, too, where it's like, I don't I don't care who you voted for. And I don't like there's no need for tension or whatever. Like, again, the election's over. So I, I'm the same way as, as her. Yes. And in, in that interview where it's just like we've had celebrities on both shows, this this one mm-hmm. and drinking bros who have voted for Hillary, Hillary support. I don't care. I, I never got into it with him. I never chatted with him about it. I just don't care. Like, just don't care. Well, I mean, yeah, you you care about the way you feel, but it's like I'm not going to not talk to someone. That's that, 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 that's the, what I mean way, by not caring. Yeah, yeah. Is, is like, that I, I, it's not going to change my my relationship with you, my opinion uh, about you, or whatever. It's just right. like, all right, great. It's not that I'm not. The thing is, from the left, it's like they won't even sit down with you. No, they can't even look at your face, and yeah. it's just. That is where the it feels like the aggression is. And I know this is like an old conversation, but even that blurb of Roseanne, it's like she wasn't being aggressive. She just was like, yeah, how dare her go on a show and say how she feels? It was just like this something you can't do. And and there was a a writer who did an interview with Entertainment Weekly about uh, about the show yesterday, again, before the ratings came out. And he said, you know. All of us, almost all of us, are uh, do do not support Trump. So we really had to dig deep and decide to put what's best for the characters in the show in order to to write it properly. I was like, oh god, you're not brave. You're not a fucking he- like. You're a goddamn TV writer. Like it- Roseanne, that was brave. Yeah, that was fucking brave in this climate. Yeah, <laughs> the rest of you assholes are lucky. Like, no, you're you're fine. You you have the like moral majority. You know, you have the the people. A lot of people behind you. You have the media. You have Hollywood. You it's not brave for you to like say do anything. No, no, you're you're not. just going along with the group. <laughs> you're going. You're following the fucking big herd. And people like Roseanne and other people that have a different opinion, they're going with the small group over here. Yeah. And which is more brave? I don't know. 
Yeah. And one is more, way more aggressive than the other. I feel brave, James. Listen, and I don't know why we don't have some kind of medal. Yeah, you some know what trophy I mean? for the work that we're doing. Some participation trophy. Boots on the ground. Yeah, yeah, we're uh, <laughs> we're real th- brave. Still don't know what that means. We're super brave. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> in our in our room, like a late night weird show, talking yeah. about shit. Brave. This shows this shows off the fucking rails. Brave. I, I will say this: today is opening day of baseball season, which is one of my favorite days. We don't live near a baseball stadium. No. And I always get this sense of, oh, man, it's opening day. I want to go. I just want to I want to go. I want to go to the game. Sure. Uh, I want to ditch school, <laughs> life. Okay. <everything>. okay. <laughs> well, I mean, growing, yeah, yeah, growing up, yeah, growing yeah. up to now, I want to ditch school. I want to ditch, ditch uh, whatever work, uh, whatever I want. I want to ditch and just go. Sure. Go to the game. And I miss it. I miss uh, I miss opening day. I want to. I, lo- I, lo- I love stadium? going to baseball games. Uh, so my stadium back in the day as a kid was Fulton County Stadium, um, and that was it was a blast because our team wasn't good as a kid, and uh, you could just go and get tickets for five bucks, sit anywhere you wanted, eat and drink your fucking face off, and it was rad. Uh, then I went to college at Ohio State. We had no team there mm-hmm. at all it was like a minor league team but it was i i don't, I don't get down that much on minor league nah, baseball it's, they don't count no um we had dodger stadium exactly so then I, you know i got to la and we had dodger stadium so then i i started i, I don't do you remember i, I don't really remember yeah and i don't really remember missing it like too many opening days i just went I was there just wasn't like, many it. people there right because no, listen well, back in the day when dodgers doyers were like doyers. not that great right and like a failing yeah. team yeah and the stadium was falling apart and all that shit like you could you could just walk on down yeah. you know yeah. and pop in for any game at any time including for, for opening about day. five ten bucks yeah you can sit in the bleachers which sure. is super dangerous um and no one gave a fuck there no uh but yeah i would go to, to almost every opening game just 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 to do it and it was just like ah uh, for for whatever reason i find going to a baseball game like one of the most relaxing places on the planet i love love going to baseball games and uh i don't know why it's i, I know it's like a good 3 3 and a half hours of i, I think it's also like people aren't going to bother me for 3 and a half hours so it's just right. like i can sit there i can have some beers i enjoy ballpark food mm-hmm. you do oh all you're the way up around. every <laughs> Every inning. <laughs> Every we, call, inning. we call it the Grand Slam. Sure. Um, the Grand Slam is start with you obviously start with dog. And I'm 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 gonna say for the sake of it for Dodger Stadium, because every stadium's different. They get yeah. different food. Dodger Stadium, you start with a Dodger dog. And when Pete Rose was on the show uh, a few weeks back, we asked him what the best hot dog was. He said Dodger Dog. He said Dodger Dog. Beautiful. Um and uh so I start with a big ass Dodger dog, load that up. Sure. I go I go spicy mustard. Uh, I go relish, I go onions, I go the whole night. If they have sauerkraut, great, throw that on there too. Great. Um, now they've got these designer dogs at Dodger Stadium. Oh. Yeah. Uh, and I'll get to that in a second because it was fantastic. But the but the part of my Grand Slam, what me and my friends called it, you start with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, second second base is garlic fries. Oh, they always. Garlic Gilroy. fries at Dodger Stadium were, are mm-hmm. fucking phenomenal. And, and back in the day, they were the only ones doing it. Right, like garlic fries were not a thing everywhere else. Now they are, 
but they were the only ones doing it. If you could get them, if you told them to get a crispy, some crispy Dodger uh, fries, garlic, garlic fries. fries. Yeah. Whew. So that was second base. Third base was the nachos. Oh, yes. Whew. You've got it with that sketchy Loaded cheese. Loaded yeah, nachos. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was, that was third base. And we would space this out by innings. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but obviously, you're getting a beer with every item. Every time. So beer and dog. Boom. Uh, beer and fries. Boom. Right. Beer and nachos. There you go. Boom. Uh, to complete the Grand Slam, um, you know, when you're going all, all the way home. We all butt fuck each other. Well. What? After. Mm-hmm. After we get the ice cream sundaes in the, oh, in the batting in the, helmet. Yep. In, in the, the helmet, helmet. 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 That's the. So that's what we used to call the Grand Slam. And you. We always com- completed the Grand Slam. And then probably. Like usually seventh, eighth inning, you went back for one more dog. Oh, went of course. Back for one more of dog course. Because and... you're drinking, it's going on. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. If you're not leaving, you're getting another dog. Yeah, you're Do you gonna, know what I mean? You're, gonna, you're, you're re-dogging. If you're not so... leaving and going to the shortstop, yeah. that bar. Yeah, that bar. The, then, right by Dodger Stadium. Yeah. And getting killed. But loving every minute of it. Loving every minute of it. Um, but the last time I went was the uh, the playoff game. So I went to see the yes. Dodgers in the playoffs NLDS to go to the World Series. They were playing the Cubs, and I took my buddy, uh, or my buddy took me, Tim. Tim, yeah. Um, I took my buddy Tim, and we went, and they had these those designer dogs. What is the deal with that? You know, everybody's got a food cart now, and that's uh, yeah, yeah, or a yeah. food truck or whatever. Mm-hmm. They that Japanese guy. Who, oh, the Momofuku guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it, whatever the fuck his his name is. Um, they have those dogs in the stadium now. But they're fucking eighteen dollars. How big are they? Huge, huge. Okay. And and you're like, man, I don't. And it comes know with like weird I... shit on. Oh yeah. So, anyways, I was like, everybody. I saw a lot of people ordering these dogs. They're they're massive, right? They're massive. So the the eighteen dollars or whatever the fuck it is, it, it's a full meal. Uh, and prepare yourself for that going in because I was not prepared. That was my late inning dog. And I was oh, like, no. I, I didn't know. I just didn't know. And because I, I went up there and know. I kept passing it, and I and I saw it, and I was like, "Fuck it, I'm gonna just, I'm gonna get that designer dog and and dog out." I get the dog. It is 12, 12, 14 inches long. It felt like, um, oh, and I know because I got one between my legs. No, but uh, sure. So you, but they have five options of these dogs and what you can get on them. Mm-hmm. And the one I got. Had like uh, uh, chili, sour cream, Mm-mm. sketchy cheese, uh, freshly cut tomatoes, mm-hmm. jalapenos, right? Freshly cut, like all of it was fresh, and 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 some kind of beef, like uh, like a shredded uh, boof. Boof. A shredded like teriyaki boof. Um, <laughs> oh my God. That really sounds disgusting, I it, have to say. W- right. And mm. so and, and so I got this and I was like, I I, I look at it, it. It came out beautifully. Right. And it looked like an art, like something that should be hanging on a wall, not going in my body. Because right. I was like, man, this is gorgeous. Mm-hmm. I, I don't want to eat this. But also there's so much shit on this. I Should I be eating this? Like, because that looks like the wrong combination of disgusting. No, 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 no. Really? Is that the way forward? Oh my God. I had, I had a spiritual awakening. (laughs) I'm not a very religious person, but I, in that moment I, I saw God Okay. and I had this dog, which nuked me the rest of the night, by the way, I was uncomfortable. Luckily 
it was an eighth inning dog, so there was only one more inning left, and I was just like, all right, cool. I was uncomfortable the rest of the night. Um, Gross. I, I'd eaten too much. I'd just eaten too much. I'd gone too hard, and I was uncomfortable, but it was the, it was the best tasting hot dog I, I think I've ever had in my entire life, okay. and I'm going to stick by that. So okay. if, you're, if you're at Dodger Stadium going to uh, opening nights uh, or just going to the, the series over the weekend, Try those dogs. Let me know what you think. The designer dog. Take a pick. Uh, t- take a pick. Take a pick with your designer dog. So unbelievably good that it's it's uh, it really changed me. It really you know, there's me. an El Compadre out over there too. Is it really? Yeah. So the shortstop and El Compadre at the bottom of the hill Whew. are like where you can roll afterwards too if you're real local. Whew. Whew. Get ready to. You might need to uh, bring a gun or a knife or something like that but you'll have a good time yeah yeah you will yeah yeah you will to everybody who went to opening day i'm jealous of you just know that just know that uh that'll bring us to the revolutionary figure of the day shall we we shall the revolutionary figure of the day is thomas arthur thomas arthur is uh the creator of the dodger dogs he uh during he he was fuck he was the concessions manager at Dodger Stadium for 29 years, uh, from 1962 to 1991, he invented the Dodger dog, Thomas Arthur. <laughs> Fucking A. God damn it, Thomas. I don't know if you're still alive. Probably not. <laughs> um, but <laughs> if you were, I'd shake your hand. You really, you really made the finest dog in all of, all of the land uh, as far as baseball stadiums go. And I've, been to, I've been to a lot of them. I've probably, been to, I've probably been to half the stadiums in the United States. Yeah. I put that as my top dog. Nailed it. Nailed it. Hee hee hee. This is a fun, weird show, Jabes. Yeah, it was okay. Yeah. I was just joking. (laughs) (laughs) Just joking. Shut up. Yeah, just shamalamming on my ding dong (laughs) at this point. Um, We better go, though. Yeah, we better better get the rock out of here. For Jesse Wiseman, a.k.a. the Jables, I am Ross Patterson. This is the revolution. Good night, everyone. Good night. (laughs) 